0: Welcome to the On-Premise IT Podcast, the only podcast that dares to be both on topic and on location. My name is Tom Hollingsworth, and as a part of Gestalt IT, I have the privilege of talking to some of the luminaries in the IT field, experts in the field of enterprise IT, uh, to get their perspectives and opinions about a variety of technical subjects. I'd like to take a moment for our guests to introduce themselves today before we jump into the premise for this episode, starting with Josh.
1: Hello, my name is Josh Warcop. You can find me on Twitter at Warcop.
2: Hi, my name is Zoe Rose. You can find me on Twitter at RosecOps.
3: And I'm Eric Stewart. You can find me as Botfodder on Twitter or Botfodder at Masto.ai on Mastodon.
0: All right, well, thank you all for joining us today. Let's uh, jump into the premise for this episode. There's some very iconic brands in the world Ford, IBM, Coca-Cola. There's also some less iconic aspects of those brands. The Edsel, Blue Lightning, New Coke. For every great advance that we see in the world of technology or in the world of marketing, there's a few stumbles along the way. And how do we make those things go away? We need to rebrand it. We need to get that name out of out of the gra- the lexicon. I mean. Just the name, Edsel, uh, conjures up a lot of uh, negative things. But this constant need to rebrand things in order to make them more catchy or to increase sales is having a negative impact on the way that we purchase products or support them. I mean, are we even sure it's the same thing anymore? So the premise for this episode is that constant rebranding is ruining your sales cycle. Now I'm gonna turn it over to our panel here. Obviously, as I'm conjuring up those things, well, some of you may not be old enough to remember when IBM decided to make their own chips and call them Blue Lightning, Uh, but what are some of the things that you can think of that have caused rebranding problems in in the IT space?
2: I would say um, we're currently at Cisco Live, and one of the challenges that I've seen is Cisco's security products. I often don't know which one I'm using. I have to figure out, which one is this again? What is it doing? Oh, okay, this is a VPN. Oh no, no, it's not just a VPN. And so figuring out what I'm actually trying to purchase or what I'm actually trying to use is a bit confusing.
0: I will say that I am the world's biggest uh, detractor from when a product is rebranded while I'm using it. So it went from like, you know, let's just say Cisco Secure Edge Gateway Cloud to some other name, but when you click in the URLs in the, in the management portal, they're still hard-coded to the old name. You're like, I don't think anything's changed on the back end.
2: No. I've, I've had that even internally at other jobs where uh, we have to keep domains for 10 years or so. That product is not sold, it's not been sold, it's not even, it never even went into production, but we have to keep that domain for 10 or so years
0: just in case someone just in case. More update checks in and wants to do something. I've, I've seen like the old adage in IT of like, let's turn that off and see what breaks. And then suddenly half of your printers don't work anymore. Yeah, that's that's a massive one.
1: Uh, Seems like it's creating a ton of just confusion, right? The, you know, when we're talking about what we're using, supporting and selling, is the confusion like making it so bad that we don't know what we're selling to our premise, right? And you know, the, it you know, how do we get through the market education? Is it good, is it bad, is it just ruining everything? Uh, that's kind of like my perspective is that there's just not enough education and not enough time in the day to go like relearn what something is and what I'm working on, right? If, if I'm in a constant motion of relearning just what I'm working on or what I'm supporting, I'm not actually doing what I'm asked to be doing, right? I'm not actually putting together some sales that, that makes sense. We were even talking about a little bit earlier, It's uh, I might even start the sales process internally and then by the time I get it approved, it's a completely different product. It's a completely different solution. And it's like, well, I gotta throw that out and start
3: over. <laughs> if it's if it's time of renewal and the product's name has changed, that to me sounds like an invitation to start looking at somebody else's product. Yes
2: trying to get it past uh, uh, finance as well being like no no no, we still this is the same product it just has none of the same concept in the in the title I, I promise it's the same I'm not trying to bypass a process
0: but on the flip side of that sometimes keeping consistency in naming can also create confusion two things that I can think of off the top of my head catalyst is that switches no it's access points now but it could also be routers but my ultimate favorite is, of course, our friends over in Cupertino, Apple. It's OS 10.9, 10.10, 10.11. No, now it's Mac OS and we're removing the version number. Good luck trying to figure out which one you're running. We, we named it after a park somewhere in California. Sometimes that consistency creates even more problems than we might think because it's just the same old, same old. It's like, I'm not gonna upgrade to this version of you know, Mac OS because it's just a little bit better. As, as Henry Ford once said, it's a slightly faster horse that eats less hay. So do we have to sometimes break out of that mold of the old consistent branding? Because, I mean, Catalyst sometimes conjures up images of those gigantic refrigerator-sized switches that have been welded to the rack, and maybe I don't want to buy something from a company that is, like, venerable, for lack of a better term.
2: Oh, it, that does, Catalyst still makes me think of that, to be fair. To be fair, but I think that is a good point. I mean, look at um, you know, if you if you if you've bought all of these things and you want people to buy new things, sometimes you do have to change the name because it sounds new and sexy and it's a shiny new thing, even though it's actually kind of the same old thing. Um, so I do get it from that point of view. Um, my challenge is more. The documentation is not updated when they're constantly changing, or they don't do comparisons like this product you use for these use cases, this you use for these use cases. Where's the documentation comparing them so that I can just purchase the one that I actually need? I'm okay with a new name if I know what bloody hell it's doing.
3: The uh, the OS 10 example was a great one because as yeah, doing university support. You get people that do not upgrade their stuff. And it's like, well, you know, your onboarding tool doesn't run on my 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 Mac. And that's like, well, what version are you using? Well, OS ten. Yes. What subversion of OS 10 are you using? Because where do I find that? Yeah, well, you uh-huh. gotta go into the window and about thing, but the minute yeah. you find out they haven't upgraded in like five years and you're going, that's why it's not running. It's not supported because you haven't upgraded in five years.
2: Well, but also, but also a lot of documentation says, oh, latest minus X amount. So if they don't really look into that, that's it would be very difficult. So that is a valid point.
0: So sometimes keeping a consistent branding is important for reasons. And big shout out to my friends at Fortinet who uh, have hit on the absolute best branding scheme ever. Forta plus whatever it does. (laughs) So I, I will say that that's maybe the best of both worlds. So, so keep up the good work there. But what happens when it goes completely out of control and you hit the level of genericized trademark? They're not tissues, they're Kleenex. They're not sandwich cookies, they're Oreos. They're not firewalls, they're Palo Altos. That's actually one of my favorite ones is because a company has not only managed to genericize application-level firewalls, they've done it in such a way that everybody knows what they sell. Now the dark side of that of course is one, as soon as the trademark's out of, that, out of the tube, you can't get it back in. But now everybody thinks that a quote unquote Palo Alto is a certain kind of firewall, so they refer to them all generically, and if you get one that doesn't do all the functions that you think it should, then that associates negative connotation with your brand name and can cause a massive amount of problems. Just like the smartphone market. A lot of people just call them iPhones, even though we know they're not, Like, how can a company effectively combat that? Because you want to be so well-known that you become the analog for whatever it is, but you also don't want to suddenly become the poster child for a whole industry full of bad stuff.
2: I think it's building your brand to be trusted. I mean, I, I... You're never going to be 100%. People will complain about Apple without ever using Apple products. They're gonna complain. They just don't like Apple. Um, and that's you know fair to them. But uh, I think when you build the trusted name, uh, you don't have to go to that extreme of being Palo Alto, all the things. I think regardless is people are going to have opinions about brands and they're going to have opinions about the quality of a product because it's not gonna meet what they want. But if you document what it is, people buy the right products, you're going to have the advantage that they're not gonna say, well, this is rubbish because it doesn't do what I want even though they're not paying for what they want.
1: I think um, I think planned obsolescence is good, right? If, if your company and your organization is doing a lot of mergers and acquisitions, right? and you're bringing in a different culture and there's usually negative connotation with anything that we're dealing with, right? Depending on who you're talking to sunsetting that older brand, because we bought them is probably a good thing, right? It kind of can reset the conversation of like, well, that's no longer a thing. It's going away. We're going to get rid of it in five to seven years or 10 years or whatever. And we're kind of, we got to reset the conversation and say it's now this new thing. It's a convoluted exercise though, right? We're, we're talking on both sides of the same devil.
0: So it's great that you mentioned that, Josh, because it was a perfect segue into something that I've been meaning to bring up to people for a while, since we're at Cisco Live. Last year, when we were sitting in this very town, we heard about how you can now have catalyst switches that run Meraki firmware, and that they can be managed from Meraki dashboards. And that became the the hot term, the Merakiification of Cisco. So as you said, sometimes when you bring in these brands through acquisition and merger, that brand has a certain cachet that you can leverage to create a new perception of things. Because when people think Meraki, they think cloud-based, easy to use, easy to manage. When they think Catalyst six thousand five hundred, they think old, complicated, troublesome. So by leveraging that new brand name, you get certain aspects of that brand pulled in, but are they always positive brands? Because, and I'm guilty of this as much as anybody else, for many years I have railed against the fact that Meraki is not ready for the enterprise because while it makes things simple, it also hides a lot of the complexity that I need to configure as an enterprise networking engineer. So can, in in this specific example, is Cisco leveraging that brand to the point now where we have seen Meraki starting to kind of subsume some of these smaller product lines? Is that a good move for a company like Cisco to kind of put that brand first and foremost to let it redefine how their systems are going to operate?
2: I don't know if I can say specifically about this is the direction is the right direction. I do. Think that Meraki does have that positive, simple. What you just said, it, it. To me, it say, it says simplicity. But I also had the same challenge: is it? The simplicity is good, but you are putting up, giving up some of the complexity that you do need. So I do have a bias when it when it comes to that.
0: So let me let me kind of, uh, would, would, having your enterprise network be Meraki branded? That would be okay. Having your service provider routers being meraki branded would be bad, right?
2: That would be very bad for me. I mean, maybe I'm just being biased. Though. But not
0: because the hardware is any different. No, no, just it's because
2: the branding. Of the
0: yeah. Eric, what
3: were well, you going to say? and you know, you brought up the Meraki-fication. um It, it was kind of scary to me when somebody. Well, it wasn't scary initially. Initially, it was, hey, we can put the meraki image on a Cat ninety three hundred. Oh great, that sounds like something we might want to look at. It might simplify management a little bit. Oh yeah, but you lose access to the command. Now they fixed this. I am talking about last year. Yeah. Last year it was, you lose the command line. I immediately
0: said, no, because
3: I need that command line when all else fails.
0: And in this case, it wasn't simply something that was a branding exercise. Yeah. It was actually a technical implementation that accompanied a branding change. And that's one of the things that companies has to, have to watch out for specifically. Could you imagine what would happen if Apple said that you know we're going to uh, make Mac OS a lot more like iOS and iPad OS, which they have been doing for years, but we're taking away access to the Darwin kernel in the terminal because real users don't need that anymore. And yeah, I just watched Eric kind of shudder when I said that because real power users, real folks who wanna get under the hood and do that, real technical people hate the idea of losing functionality especially if it's effectively part of a branding exercise?
2: Well, I think you have to look at who your market is. I mean, in the enterprise, you typically have a skilled group of People in that department that are managing it, so they do need that additional access in a smaller organization that simplification is actually good because they don't need it and actually it could be bad for them because they don't have the skill set and so they can run into more issues and so I think in the branding exercise you also have to say well who are we actually selling to is this going to scare the out of them? Or is this going to be like, okay, actually this makes my life easier and I still have the features I need.
0: I'll poke. Who is the real customer inside of an enterprise? Is it the engineer? Is it the executive? Is it the board? Is it the purchasing department?
2: This is a big challenge because I know Cisco itself has had this issue. They're like, we, we Securex, when that first came out, nobody knew who to buy or not buy, it's free and they were having trouble with getting people to use it because nobody knew who to own that. So that, yeah.
0: And and that's a problem that that brands actually face is I've rebranded this to make it catchy, Secure X, the executives love the idea. We're doing that thing that everybody wants, but we don't know how to do it. Give it to the engineering team, they'll do it. The engineering team gets hold of it and goes, there's nothing here, we don't know how to deploy this. Now obviously, as the branding has been built out and there's more things that have come under the umbrella, pun fully intended, <laughs> um, you know, it's easier to deploy and people understand that. But uh, you know, even Cisco Umbrella is a perfectly good example of that because Umbrella originally started out as DNS. And then it became so much more than that. It's now a full security suite and things like that. And obviously, inside of Cisco, the umbrella branding matters. Mm-hmm. But what happens when you misapply the branding? What happens if you make an acquisition that you then try to pull under that um, umbrella and it ends up causing bigger problems because it just never quite works right or it feels like it was a, a subpar product? I mean, the world is littered with these kinds of acquisitions that, or I've even heard the term reverse acquisitions in some case, that end up sinking the old, the larger, more prestigious brand simply because it becomes a, a, a stigma, if you will.
1: Isn't that, seems like that's happening a little bit with Juniper and Mist, right? There's a the mystification of Juniper as yeah. well, right? There's a, which one is going to lead the conversation, right?
0: Well, and not only that, but when you ask people who are Juniper customers, that are very well entrenched on the service provider market, the idea of having software like that scares them to death because they don't want that. They want their stable rock. They want classic Coca-Cola. They do not want Diet Coke with lime. And so that's a challenge for people because how do I keep my loyal customer base but attract new people? And I think that that's one of the things that, that, that brands are gonna struggle with. And, and no greater example of that came right here at Cisco Live. They announced a brand new cloud security suite. What did they call it? Panoptica. Anybody else weirded out by that? Maybe that branding changes at some point when someone tells them that the Panopticon isn't the greatest thing in the world, but that's a challenge that we're all going to have to face, right?
2: Yeah. Well, and also, uh, knowing your market, knowing the context and how people view the names, and also making sure that the names you use are not giving their own connotations <laughs> through history.
1: Yeah, someone mentioned SNA the other day, and I kind of twitched uh-huh. and said, "Oh, are we doing SNA again on the network?" And no, it's something else security-wise. And I'm
0: like, that makes no sense to me. Of course, they. They shrugged their shoulders. They're like, I don't get it. And I'm like, obviously, you've never worked on a mainframe before.
2: I'm too young. Yeah, there you go. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, um, honestly, Shakespeare said it best: "A rose by any other name would smell as sweet." But in today's marketing, that rose would become a cloud-enabled, AI-driven, future-proof flower product. And sometimes, what's in the name is just as important as what it does but constantly changing the name of what it is makes it difficult for me to understand what I'm actually working on. So if you work in marketing, thank you for watching our podcast or listening along, but think carefully before you try to rebrand something just for the sake of trying to make it sell more. Because if you're marketing to people like the ones who listen to this podcast who are focused on the technology, they don't care what you call it, they care what it does. And ultimately that is the greatest impact of what a brand can offer is how can i easily identify the feature sets that i need and want to use that'll just about do it for this episode of the on-premise it podcast i want to thank everybody for tuning in remember that we have new episodes about every two weeks on a variety of enterprise it terms and topics so if you have anything that you would like to suggest please tweet at us we're at on-premise it on twitter and yes we are using premise correctly Um, You can also subscribe to us in your favorite podcast application of choice. Just look for On-Premise IT. Leave us a like, a review, a rating that lets people know what we're doing around here. We should be back in just a couple of weeks with another great episode. And until then, take care and we'll see you soon.